Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hello, plant people. Welcome to my backyard again. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, this past week has started off pretty nice, um, but the last few days have been kind of off and on raining, and raining on the weekend really messes with all of my garden plants. Plants really love that rainwater, and you know I do too. Not only do I have to skip watering for a while, and I don't have to drag the hose around the backyard, I don't have to worry about missing any plants, but also it's completely free. I love getting the best water in the world and getting it for free. Plants love rain water because it doesn't have all the chemical purifiers that are added to our city um, and municipal water. That you know, all all those thing, all those uh, purifiers, you know, help keep the water safe and clean for us, but. It also does not have, uh, rainwater does not have salts or minerals or agriculture chemicals that can be found in well water. So I love rainwater. If you don't have a rain barrel, maybe you could put a couple of clean buckets or trash can and catch some rain. You can use it on your indoor plants your indoor plants are going to love it. Or you could just save your rainwater for um, a week or two and you could use it to dilute some organic liquid fertilizer and make a nice soil drench to pour on your plants. You know, another great thing about this rain is it really makes weeding a lot easier. You know, once it stops raining, you can get out in your garden and just start plucking out weeds, plucking out things that aren't meant to be there because they are just going to pull right out with very little effort. Now, if you have big plans to do some major overhauling in your garden this weekend, you might want to wait until the soil dries out just a little bit. If you start working the soil while it's wet, you really run the risk of compacting your soil and making it worse than it was before. Compacted soil is bad news, especially for heavy black clay soil that we have here in Taylor and our part of Central Texas. What happens is when you start turning your soil and the, um, the soil particles get closer and closer together and then all those wet clay particles kind of compress and they push out the air and then once it all dries out you are left with nothing but lumpy hard soil and that is exactly what we don't want we don't want compacted soil plants especially seedlings 
need loose, light soil so all their new baby roots can get established. When the soil gets compacted, there is less space and oxygen for all the soil critters like microbes and insects. And all this amazing soil microbes and critters, they need air and oxygen to survive. They work so hard to turn decaying plant material into nutrients and they can't do their job if they're dead. So resist the temptation to go out to your garden and start digging or tilling. Wet soil is awesome, but these spring temperatures make it really enticing to go out and work in the yard, but you know, just don't do it. You don't want to make the soil worse off than it was before. If you just can't stand it and you want to do something out in your nice wet garden, you know, go out and pull some weeds, you know, ones that you can just like pluck out really quickly. Or you can also put down some compost or add a layer of mulch and that's going to help retain all this lovely free rainwater moisture. Right now, you know, we are at the very beginning of May. so. If you've lived in Central Texas long enough, you know that we really have not started even getting with ridiculous summer heat just yet. So it's a still really a good time to transplant peppers and tomatoes and eggplants. But if you're going to put those crops in, you need to do it soon um, because these guys like to get their roots established and have a little time to grow before they start flowering and setting fruit. When it gets too hot, like, you know, consistently high, um, like 90 degrees, tomatoes and peppers, they're not gonna warm. So if you want to add some new transplants, get them in the ground soon. Even if the soil is a little wet, planting seeds should be okay. You just don't want to be like digging very deep or stirring up the soil too much when it's wet, but planting seeds like on the surface or an inch or two deep is not going to wreck um, all the soil in your pots or your raised beds. In early May, we can still plant beans, southern peas, sweet potato slips, okra, cantaloupe, all the warm season greens, we can plant pumpkins, watermelons, squashes, and cucumbers. It's really the tail end of the planting time for summer squashes, cucumbers, and beans. So if you want those, you need to get them in the ground very, very soon because we want them to have a chance to grow before it gets way too hot for them to be very productive. And I'm gonna be replanting cucumbers later today because while I was out walking my garden earlier this week, I discovered four of my cucumber plants have become a buffet bar for cucumber beetles. Now, 
I wasn't really sure what was nibbling on my cucumber plants, but the very next day I caught one gorging itself. I picked it off and flicked it across the yard. I probably should have crushed it, but it was kind of early in the morning and it's that perfect and peaceful time for me when I'm out walking around in the garden before the day really starts. And it's cool and it's quiet and I really didn't have it in, in me to destroy this little bug. Really, it takes a little while for me to warm up. Um, I'm not really to, not really ready to ruin lives until about mid-afternoon most days. But anyway, this bug that I saw looked quite a bit like a yellow ladybug. It's kind of like a mustard yellow with round black dots on its back. Cucumber beetles have a more tapered and oval shape than a regular ladybug and they have they definitely have a distinct head. It's a cu really kind of cute little bug. Um, here in um, Central Texas we also have a striped cucumber beetle. It looks really similar to a spotted cousin in shape and size and colors. Um, it just has um, stripes instead of dots. Don't worry, they were equally destructive. So you really don't want either striped or spotted um, cucumber beetles. Cucumber beetles like eating beans, corn, eggplant, melons, tomatoes, and squash. But if you have cucumbers and cantaloupes, they're always going to go straight for those first. Cucumber beetles, you know, they may seem like cute little things, but in reality, they are super big jerk bugs. They lay their eggs in the soil at the base of the plants. And when the larvae hatch, they will dig down and bore into the roots and start eating the plant roots. An adult um, cucumber beetle can lay between 200 and 1200 eggs and I think that's crazy. And can you imagine if that was your job? Like you like get up and go into work one day and your boss says, hey, you know, it'd be really great if you could go and count the cucumber beetle eggs today. That'd be awesome. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, an infestation can be really damaging to plants. Root damage will stunt the growth and you'll, you'll end up with like puny, really wimpy, weak cucumber plants. Full-grown cucumber beetles will chew all kinds of like ragged and jagged holes into the leaves and flowers and when it when they start nibbling on the flowers this can prevent fruits from forming. Younger plants are more affected by cucumber beetles than the older plants 
older plants can tolerate a little more damage they can actually lose 25% of their leaves and still be productive plants for you but cucumber beetles will also chew into your fruits and leave ugly scar scar marks on your cucumbers of course you know this is not the worst thing that could happen you can always just slice, slice that part off and you know eat it like you normally would but if you are planning on selling your produce then insect damage greatly reduces the marketability of your cucumbers and cantaloupes no one wants to buy ugly cucumbers now if that wasn't you know all these things weren't bad enough cucumber beetles also transmit bacterial wilt disease okay let's do a song break and then come back and i will kind of get into a little more detail about bacterial wilt but first here is virtual insanity by Jamiroqua. Bacterial wilt is a vascular disease that causes plants to wither and shrivel up and die. If your plants are affected, you'll notice the leaves or the runners start um, to look kind of limp and very thirsty looking. Even if you give them a good drink of water, it doesn't really seem to help. And when a week or so, the plants um, tend to get worse and then they will die. Cucumber beetles spread bacterial wilt by eating plant material from an infected plant and then going, hopping over, flying, or however they get around, um, going over to a healthy plant and starting to eat on them. So basically, they take their dirty little mouth parts and they start chomping all over perfectly healthy plants, and that's how they contaminate them. And they do it as they chew holes through the leaves and the stems. Once the plants get infected, the bacteria gets inside and it starts to grow. As the bacteria reproduces and it starts to gum up all the vascular system, that's where the problem starts. It clogs up everything and the plant get, can't get water. And the plants kind of dehydrate and they dry out from the inside and unfortunately once plants start to wither there really isn't a great way of controlling it your best bet is to remove the infected plant just rip it out pull it up if you can catch it early you know you might be able to cut out the infected parts and save the plant but since it affects the vascular system, chances are it has already spread within the plant. If you're not sure if it's bacterial wilt, you can slice into the plant and squeeze the stem. And when you do this, you'll notice if it has a gooey, sticky mucus in there. And if it does, 
then you know you have bacterial wilt because that is what is clogging up your vascular system of your plants. If you have bacterial wilt, just remove the plant. Otherwise, these cucumber beetles will continue to infect um, healthy, happy plants. Controlling cucumber beetle is really the only decent way to prevent them from ruining the rest of your plants. Conventional and organic pesticides aren't particularly um, effective for cucumber beetle. The conventional agricultural pesticides will actually do more harm than good because they also kill the good beetles and the bugs like ladybugs but you know if you have an infestation of cucumber beetles it doesn't mean that you have to resign yourself to no backyard cucumbers because you can always pick them off and kill them as you see them or if you're like me and you don't have that kind of time to sit in your garden and wait for bugs to show up you can always try setting up sticky traps and that is exactly what I am going to do. I think it's going to solve a few problems um, that I've had with insects. Um, I think I mentioned on the show that last year I had a problem with squash vine borers and from what I read sticky traps will work for cucumber beetles and squash vine borers. You are listening to Plow and Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you will go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn all about the great shows and music that is coming out of our little station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. While you're out on the internet, be sure to stop by the Plow and Hose Facebook page and like and share it with all your gardening friends. Or you could head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Plow and Hose podcast. If you like the flexibility of being able to play, pause, and rewind my show whenever you want, download some episodes and be sure to leave a review it's super quick it's just a couple of clicks and it will help others find the plow and hooves podcast and you know it also lets folks know that it's a show worth giving you a listen all right let's get back to plotting and scheming and planning to outsmart cucumber beetles and squash bugs Now, I did quite a bit of research on using sticky traps to deal with cucumber beetles. Most of the options that I found on the internet were kind of pre-made sticky traps. And I kind of thought they were a bit expensive for what they were. Um, You know, it's just like a yellow flat piece of paper with some glue on it. Couldn't really justify the cost on those. But I also found um, plastic reusable traps that were kind of intriguing to me at first. 
I mean, they're totally reusable, so that, that adds value. But I decided they were really too expensive when I started thinking about it because cucumbers and zucchini squash, they're pretty inexpensive crops. And I, I had a hard time kind of justifying a $25 plastic trap. I mean, you can buy like a crap ton of zucchini for $25. Um, I am not a cheapskate, but I do like a good value, and I would much rather put that money towards more plants or a new garden tool rather than spend $25 on a plastic trap. In all honesty, honesty, I would have likely bought some of the yellow sticky paper traps to try but I found a really interesting DIY trap that sounded more effective and more versatile I might be eating my words after I try this little experiment but it's worth a try and it's not going to cost me $25 all insect traps work the same. There is a fragrant, a fragrant lure to draw the bugs over, and then once they visit the trap and land on it or fly onto it, um, they can't escape. It keeps them captive until they die. Sticky traps rely on glue. The insects crawl or land on the sticky side and then they can't escape, they can't get off because they're stuck. Other insect traps like the 25 reusable traps um, that I found, those are one-way traps. The insects smell the lure and then go into the trap, but most of them aren't smart enough to figure, um, to figure out that they can get out um, because the entrance is much larger than the exit. It's kind of like a cone shape. Um, so they have a hard time finding a way out and then they end up dying inside the trap. All right, so the instructions that I found to make my own cucumber beetle trap, um, it turns out it is just a glue trap, but instead of being the usual cardboard or um, paper trap, you know, like with a flat surface. Um, the instructions that I found um, mimic a yellow flower blossom. So um, it's also placed on a stake so you can put it in the ground instead of having to figure out how you're going to hang it. Alright, so I gotta say when it comes to glue traps overall kind of apprehensive. I don't really like them and that's mainly because I associate them with rodent glue traps um, and I feel that those are pretty cruel and inhumane but rodent glue traps are much much more sticky than insect glue traps so I don't feel as bad about using them and he, um, the adhesive that they use for um, insect traps 
isn't nearly as strong as what they use for rodent traps, but I do still kind of worry about small creatures like geckos getting stuck in insect traps, but I do feel pretty okay with making my own trap because the trap really shouldn't attract any larger critters because of the design concept. I found instructions on how to make my own cucumber and squash bug traps on YouTube. And I thought it was a really great idea and they did a follow-up video to show the results. So I was really, really sold on this idea. The squash vine borers and cucumber beetles are attracted to members of the cucurbit family. So that includes squash, melons, gourds. This trap mimics the yellow flowers of those plants. So here's the deal. The tutorial I found uses yellow plastic cups, zip ties, and a wooden stake. So all you have to do is make two holes in the bottom of your cup and then lace a zip tie through the bottom and then you'll take the zip tie and attach it to um, a wooden stake or a metal post or a bit of bamboo or whatever you have in your garden that you can poke in the ground. And then you just zip tie the cup to the stake. Now you're going to do this a couple times because you want three yellow cups um, zip tied to the stake. And you want to arrange them kind of like a trumpety looking flower, like an Asiatic or an Easter lily, where the bells of the flower stick straight out. Um, and you know, they're still going to look like yellow solo cups zip tied to a stick, but um, what you want to do is arrange them similar to how flower blossoms would naturally grow on a single stem. So once you have that done, you will take an agricultural adhesive and brush the glue on the outsides and the insides of those yellow cups. Once that's done, you can add a cotton ball that has a few drops of fragrant oil like clove or cinnamon oil. And then you're just going to take that little bit of cotton and tuck that into the bottom of the cup. Once you are all done and your trapper is ready, then you can go place it in your veggie beds next to your plants. So have your fragrant scent having that fragrant scent that's going to lure the insects into your trap and then when they land or crawl over the glue that's when they get stuck and they can't get away um, the product i used is called tangle trap sticky coating and it's made by the tangle foot company I found it on the internet. I really did try to find um, it locally, but I had no luck, so I just ended up buying it online, and it was like, it was like less than ten dollars for um, the little can. 
Tangle Trap Adhesive comes in a short metal can that has a screw top that has a built-in brush in the lid. It's super retro packaging and looks like a jar of rubber cement. It has that rubber cement scent to it too. Um, it's clear and viscous and the label says that it contains petroleum distillates so that kind of explains kind of that smell it really reminds me of rubber cement so much that i'm starting to wonder if tinkle trap is actually just overpriced rubber cement i mean i don't know and i don't really care but it does kind of pique my interest and it has got to be related. It's so similar. But Tangle Trap is formulated and meant for gardens, greenhouses, yards. You know, you use them in your orchards, in your fields. But if you're wanting to avoid petroleum products, then you might want to avoid this product. It is sticky, but the package says that it's good for ants, flies, and beetles, which is exactly what I want to trap. I already have some clove essential oil, so I used a few drops on a cotton ball as um, the fragrant lure, and I hope that it works because squash and cucumber blossoms have no fragrance at all at least not that I can pick up so it's going to be really interesting interesting to see what bugs it attracts I've not put my traps out in the garden yet because it's been so rainy this weekend but as soon as they go out I will be monitoring them and I'm going to let you know how they do I feel really good about this project even if my glue coated clove scented plastic yellow cups that are zip tied to a stake and put in my vegetable garden even if they look so tacky out there I still feel really optimistic that they're going to do their thing you know this weekend while I was out running errands I had gone to the dollar store and I happened to come across um some of those really cheap, tacky, hideous, artificial um, flowers. And these ones um, are supposed to look um, like kind of bright yellow lilies. You know, when I was looking at them, they were only like a dollar for six blossoms. So I went ahead and splurged and I bought two stems. So they look more like real flowers in the stupid plastic cups so my idea is to brush on some of this tangle trap glue on the flowers and then put those out in one of the raised beds so i'll have dueling and competing sticky trap experiments going on so don't worry i'll definitely report back on how well my little project goes um but I'm pretty confident I think it's going to work. The only thing I'm kind of concerned about is that I really hope they don't catch any like little geckos or butterflies because that would make me feel really bad. But, 
either I'm very optimistic or quite delusional to think that lizards and butterflies are smarter than cucumber bugs or squash vine borers. You know, I don't know. We'll just see. You know, it wasn't very long ago um, that I found this tiny little rough earth snake living um, in um, the raised beds where I planted my cucumbers. And I would be absolutely mortified if this little snake got stuck in the trap. But since the traps are attached to stakes and they're not in direct contact with the ground, I feel pretty good my little snake will be okay. It's not likely that it's going to try to slither up this um, wooden stake and crawl up into the plastic cup. At least I, uh, I don't think that they would really do that. Texas rough snakes are super, super cute and really, really shy. They are tiny little snakes and they never get bigger than a pencil. Young ones are easily mistaken for earthworms. They aren't moist looking like worms, you know, worms are kind of like always kind of damp looking. Um, these Texas rough snakes do have teeny tiny scales, so they're not kind of that moist, smooth look like a worm. They have a little small narrow snake head with a little snake face. Um, you really might think that they were an earthworm, but if you kind of like observe them and pay attention to them, they will kind of flicker out their little snake tongue if you um, get a little too close to it or you try to touch it. Like I said, they are super shy. When I was out planting um, in this bed and found this little snake, I touched it and it actually tried to hide from me by burying its head in the dirt like an ostrich. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, hey dude, I can still see you. But I just left it alone because I know they are great creatures to have around. They eat small snails and slugs and worms and insects and they will even eat um, little tiny frogs. Now, normally I'm not a fan of snakes in my backyard, but these little guys are just super cute and they aren't poisonous and they eat bugs and they are totally all right by me. So one thing I really would hate is if they accidentally got trapped in a glue trap, but I feel pretty good that this project is going to go well and I'm pretty confident that my shy little rough, um, rough snake will not be slithering up the side of my imitation flower plastic cup glue trap. Alright, I promise I will report back on how effective these traps are. Like I said, the rain has prevented me from putting them out and rain complicates all kinds of garden chores, so I will put my trap my traps out um, once I know that we're not going to get a big rain and then I'm going to see what all I'm going to catch. 
I am really optimistic that they are going to work. All right, that is all that all the time that I have for today and I need to wrap up this show. Thank you all for joining me today. I sure do appreciate everyone who takes the time to download the podcast and of course all of those who join me every week on KBSR to listen in. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas.